Welcome to KafaruCast, everyone. It's Monday morning, and uh, it has been just as shitty a Monday morning as they normally are. Um, I have uh, Trevor Thompson on, and I have followed you along forever on uh, social media, but we never actually uh, gotten to meet. You got a badass Toyota. You seem like one hell of a, a of an artist and photographer, so I kind of like to hear about yourself, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, man. I'm you know, stoked to, to get on. I know we've tried a couple times, and it's finally worked out. Here we are on Monday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you were in the the military for how many? You were in for a while. How many years? Nine years. So I did nine years in the Navy. Gotcha. And then, um, well, you were a, a SEAL, correct? Yeah, I was. So I joined in '07 with the intention of becoming a SEAL, and uh, didn't get hurt, didn't quit, didn't get sick. So made it through the selection process, and then uh, stuck around. And I was in the SEAL teams the whole time until I got out nine years later. How was it when you first when you first got out? Were you, were you like, okay, so what what the fuck am I going to do now? Or or was it a fairly smooth transition? Uh, so I thought it was going to be super smooth. I had a job lined up. I was going to be uh, teaching military skydiving, and um, the group I was supposed to be working for didn't get the contract, so it wasn't smooth. All of a sudden, I was jobless and uh, hanging out and. I'm glad I had saved some cash and was in uh, a stable situation uh, with my girlfriend and I. She flies for uh, Alaska, so thank God, you know, we were stable because uh, that was a big hiccup until I started working for Black Rifle about a year and a half later. Gotcha. And then uh, now, I mean, what are you doing now? Um, I mean, I see what you're doing on social media, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, just putting the best model image forward on social media. Now I, um, right now I, so I work full time for black rifle coffee. I do photography. Uh, I help them out with the free range American podcast. And then I do a little bit of in front of the camera work for them, um, with some of their products and just helping promote the brand and getting it out there. Uh, I, I believe in those guys that run that company, you know, Evan and Matt and JT and Logan, they're all, they're all great. And they're moving something really cool in a cool direction. Um, and then I also have been hunting as much as I can get my hands on tags and as much as I can travel and all of the travel and hunting as possible. Yeah. Well, that will consume quite a bit of time. I was actually, I don't know if they're going to post it or not. It was funny. I was on the, their podcast maybe a month or two ago and it was, I think the, the IT guy thought I was going to be in front of a computer and I was actually literally parked on the side of the road saying, Hey man, uh, I'm on the way to go hunting. Um, I, 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 I said, literally, I, I planned this to have, <laughs> like I planned my route to know I would have service and then just pulled on the side <laughs> of the road and did a podcast with, with Evan. I don't, I don't know if they're going to post that thing or not. It was uh, it was just audio probably. I'm sure they will. Like, I, I know that we have a backlog of stuff to post. They're trying not to like, you know, stack too much stuff on top of each other so that everybody gets some clear air when they post it. It was a good podcast. We mostly talked about traditional archery and uh, the industry and stuff like that. And I get along good with um, Evan. I don't know, uh, you know, Matt that well, but I, Logan, I get along with him. Well, I think I'm going to need to go down there and give him some traditional archery shooting lessons. Um, from the way it sounds, if, if they're getting any lessons from Baker, they're probably in trouble. <laughs> yeah, he was. we were shooting our six bows at the house here last night. He came over and barbecued. So, yeah, I would suggest that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard without, without coaching. Um, it certainly, it certainly helps. Cause I think, uh, we got, we got them stalker 
Stickbows and Baker was supposed to order Romero's. I don't know if he did or not. Um, but yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. I'm sure it was an eye opener for him. It's hard to hit shit with that thing. It is. Yeah. Now he's set up with uh, some Black Eagle uh, arrows, all set up. So. Oh, cool, cool. So, man, um, I I got. I'm curious. Did you put any of your uh, artwork to 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 work when you were in the military? Um, as like a scout or anything, or did uh, was that something you've just always done and and uh, you know kind of a hobby for you now? Uh, so it's still a hobby. Um, you know, and I'll sell stuff if people want to print of it or, or do commission work. Um, but actually, before I joined the Navy, I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, like the big museum art school there. Um, so I went to school for drawing, painting, and drafting, and uh, decided it wasn't for me and left after a year and joined the Navy. And then in the Navy, I did uh, a bunch of unit designs and some tattoos. I, like, I wasn't tattooing, but designed some guys' tattoos and all mine. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, just looking at your work online is pretty pre- pretty impressive. Do you um actually, uh, you know, off the subject, I get asked this, you know, frequently to ask buddies, and obviously, I I never want to ask, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna be able to get any of my buddies that are currently um on any in you know any tier one group or anything like that um on the podcast, right? But what would you say? You said you made it straight through, um, you know, no issues. I know the attrition rate is, is like what, like 90% or something? What What is it for, for buds? I guess uh, there's a couple numbers floating around, and it depends on where you start assigning value to that person as they're going to be in the selection process. So if you, I think if you're starting from like the class update in first phase, it's closer to like 80-something percent attrition. But if you're starting from they sign on the dotted line, their enlistment contract or, you know, boot camp, like, yeah, they're going to be going to buds, then it comes up because some people between um, enlisting and showing up at buds actually get screened out for a number of things like you know, eyesight or, uh, let's see, uh, they have all like weird, you have an allergy or stuff like that. Just like the, the standard, oh, we should have caught this earlier type of thing. Gotcha. So I guess the, you know, the big question like you, you said you're from LA originally. Yep. So you, you know, you weren't exactly, let's say, you know, born into a logging background, um, or, or something, <laughs> you know, and, and you made it straight through and this is a, you know, conversation I've had with guys, um, you know, as far as mental, you know, toughness, I've always kind of just said you're either born with it or you're not, whether you're, you know, from LA, Chicago, you know, pick a city or you're from, you know, some, shithole in the middle of nowhere in Oregon um you know you're just kind of born with that and then it can only get better with training and, and abuse were you did you stand out as a kid at all like as far as like mental physical toughness um and I'm only asking you this because I would normally not ask you this as a as another man to man but Jesus Christ I get <laughs> asked this question a lot like can, can you yeah, train no, someone to be tough I mean I guess you could train them to to be angry enough to be tough, <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think that's possible. But you know, that's as long as they don't break beforehand. But no, I don't. I, I, I wouldn't say I was a standout. Uh, my brother was a standout. He was a Division One soccer player. But like, I was a good athlete. Um, both my parents were collegiate level athletes. Um, so you know, we all played sports and stuff growing up. And I wouldn't say I was like any more mentally tough or not tougher than any of the other kids in my same age range. I, you know, 
the family has like a really long military background. We've served in basically every conflict through the revolution. So it was there. And then when I decided, Hey, I'm going to do this thing, you know, join the Navy and become a team guy. Uh, I didn't know what it entailed, you know, but 19 year old me sure as shit thought he did. <laughs> and, uh, I guess that was enough for me to say, I'm just not going to fucking quit. Like it's, this is just how it works. Like I just, I'm either going to get kicked out, get broken or that's it. I'm not quitting. And I, I never had the thought to quit. I just was too hard headed not to do it. Gotcha. And I, I think where some of this comes from and it's, which actually I didn't really expect to talk about this on this podcast, but you, you fit the bill. So we're going to talk about it. You get, uh, like I hang out with a bunch of MMA guys and, and, they're not into the backpack hunting thing. They're they're like, you know, fuck this. This is horrible. I'm not happy. It's raining. But obviously, <laughs> there's a pretty high level of mental toughness for them to go into a, a cage and beat the shit out of each other. So some of it is obviously a matter of what you're comfortable with. Obviously, I'm comfortable with backpack hunting, so I can go through all kinds of pain with that. But, you know, I'm not really going to be the first guy to volunteer to go get the shit kicked out of me by Justin Gaethje like yeah I'll spar with you you know fuck that I don't want to get you know not my thing but you know some people have issues staying you know long term solo you know they don't do well without sleep or they don't do well without food or water where obviously with what what you've gone through as many others um, you kind of have to become friends with pain and you'll never be alone um, and just make that mental a decision, like you said, that you're just not gonna gonna stop. And I, I'm assuming you obviously have had something inside you your whole life, because you're not uh, what I would say. You're an artist, right? You're you've great photographer uh, from L.A. You're not what people yep. would stereotypically pick as a a dude. You know, whether you compare a guy that's holding a hatchet in one hand and a chainsaw in the other. It, I think <laughs> you're just born with that shit. Is what I guess what I'm saying. <laughs> I, you know, I, I agree, man. And some people just, some people just don't like to suffer. You know, that's just reality. And yeah, you know, I, I think some of it is a, uh, a lack of a relationship with that part of our, our psyche and that part of our humanity. And a lot of people are afraid of, you know, what that's going to be like. And I mean, shit, we, you know, we, like we as creatures evolved for millions of years in a place of minor suffering, just small, like small suffering. And, you know, sort of shitty scenarios like that's what our bodies are built for you know that's what makes people happy really on the back end you know so i've seen it and i've grown to love it and i just i just understand it's part of the process and maybe that's where some people just don't get it they don't see it you know they don't think when they hear oh yeah we have to hike in for two days to get to where we're actually going to start looking for something (laughs) they'll just look at you and be like i don't think so man yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I when I talk about this, it's not like it's, um, I say, a Billy badass or a, uh, that type of a scenario. I'm just, some people are A-OK with saying, you know, oh, sh- shit, we just went in six miles, but it looks like we're not going to find water for another mile and a half. It's just like, oh, all right, yeah, well, OK, let's go. And that's kind of like somebody saying, oh, shit, traffic's bad. You still got to get to the store. It's all a matter of perspective and what you're used to and comfortable with and what like you said, for for your level is is a different level than you know fourteen other guys, but when you when you looked at it as 
I'm not trying to say here. You get out of it what you put into it, or or you you're gonna be as happy as you want to be. So if you're like, oh my god, we gotta get another mile and a half. Yeah, you're probably gonna come off the mountain a little early. Where if you're like, oh fuck, it's a new area, you know, try to keep the positive side of things as much as possible. And I, I'm bringing this up because it's that time of year where everybody's getting prepped to do these backpack hunts, and majority of people fail at them. Not all, but most yeah. people come off the mountain early. And I think maybe part of that is um is just from people actually having to prepare right so uh, like i've been following you also you know for a while and i think we're similar in the respect is do you have an off season for you know physically no no i don't exactly you know so if you're if you don't have a true off season you know you just kind of change up what you're doing a little bit but you're always sort of within 10 or 15 percent of being ready then you're always living in that small suffering type of environment you become comfortable. It's your friend. And when it's not your friend and you only spend, you know, July and August getting ready for a September hunt, like, bro, you're going to be hurting because you're going to find some shit somewhere, you know, 48 hours into doing something that you don't like. That Yeah, that's very true. And you're friends with uh, John Barklow and he, he was brought something up to me that I had brought up in a uh, a podcast recently and I was talking about the difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? Like knowledge you can read about wisdom. You've experienced it type of a thing. And I think the yep. more that you push yourself and the more you're, you know, getting gathering wisdom together is also, you know, desensitizes you to, or, 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 or lets you know what your, your body may be, may be capable of. Like the human body is pretty amazing in the amount of abuse it can it can muster like it can take before it gives up and i i got you know i eat a lot of food right i like i like to eat and guys are like man what do you do when you you know you run out of food and i'm like ah dude you can make it like three or four weeks without dying with no food like water is a different yeah. story but you last quite a I while without eating I'll have some bars, I guess. I'll be fine. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's kind of how you know, and you, when you become used to that, that that fear factor of wondering what's going to happen. And again, I do not like running out of food, but if you know, like, oh man, I've got three days of food left, and and uh, you got, uh, you know, you might want to stay five. That's eh, not that you're not going to die, right? You're just not eating quite as much for the next five days as you thought yeah. you might have been, but it's not a crisis. And and you've put yourself through that enough to where you know you can make it through a lot. Yeah, and you know, I think with the hunts, like a lot of that then boils down. Now, granted, I'm newer to hunting animals, right? So, um, a lot of it comes down to cognitive load. You know, if you're physically having a hard time, and you're the guy that only practices most of your practice sessions right before the season you're going to be kind of nervous about how you're going to do physically and how that's going to affect your shooting, you know? So that, that really forces guys to then now come off the mountain or come out of the, come out of the mountains at all. They're like, I don't know if I can make a good shot. And then now they're not comfortable with something they should have been. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's very true. Or they can't, the, the big thing I see is um, they're not willing physically maybe to drop into a hole to get to an animal. And then they're like, well, if I can't make it down to that, I might as well just go home. Right there, where the animals are might not be in the easiest location, and they're like, "Jesus, it's that far down," and and they more talk themselves out of it, and and before they even you know get the shot, and then yeah, making the shot obviously is another shit show in, in and of itself, um, and and all that kind of comes into to play because I I've brought guys, um, well, as an example, my my daughter's boyfriend, right? I we we live on top of a mountain, and I have Amy drop me off at the bottom, or she goes with me, and I I ruck back to the top. 
Well, th- this kid, yeah. he's a parkour dude. Uh, super fit, right? One arm pull ups makes me look like a fat fucker. So I'm like, hey, man, you, <laughs> you want to do cardio with me? And and he's like, yeah, sure. And so I loaded up 50 pounds in his. Now he's never hiked with a pack on ever, ever. And he's got short little legs. He's, he's, I think he's like five, seven or five, eight. And, uh, you know, in the first 400 yards, he was, uh, 300 yards behind me. So I waited and I'm like, Hey dude, let me, let me drop one of these fucking weights out of your back. Like, <laughs> and so I, <laughs> yeah, well the, the moral of the story is he didn't stop. Right. I got home, I got my truck, drove down to go grab him, And he's like, no man, I'm good. I'm, I'm going to make it to the house. And that's awesome. That is all that matters. And cause he was like, you know, I could tell my daughter was like, did he pass the test? And I'm like, Kaylee, there was no actual test other than the fact of he didn't stop. Right. It, I don't give a shit if it took him till tomorrow. He kept going. A lot of people don't yeah. have that in them. No. And, and it's not, it's, it's real easy to just hang out and do nothing. And like Barclay and I were talking about it when I was over at his place, um, you know, uh, like a month ago or so. And like most people don't want to put in the time to practice what's boring, not understanding that that's what's going to get them through the stuff that's exciting. You know, nobody wants to go out with a rock every day or get on the assault bike every day or shoot a bow for an hour every day because it's boring. It just is, you know, repetition's boring and they don't, they don't ever see that the return on the investment. But that's because they don't put the investment in. Yeah, I, you know, and the, and the investment, I, I, you know, when you look at people that are, let's say they whitetail hunt, and I love whitetail hunting, the investment into that physically is much different than the investment into uh, usually a, a sheep hunt or a, a high country mule deer hunt. And so yeah. your investment may just be patient and not moving around in the, in the fucking tree stand, right? Just suffering sitting there, which is, is an investment. But- the investment physically is is it takes much more preparation. You can't really just prep yourself to sit there, right? You just got to suck it up where you have to get your lungs ready. You have, you know, you got to do that for a, a mountain hunt. And like you say, there's, there's, um, when you take the total package as far as, you know, knowing how to build a fire and land nav and shooting your bow under pressure and, you know, having your gear dialed in and knowing how much food you need and how much you can. There's a lot of, of uh, digits in that mathematical equation. And I don't think people realize it and they get out there when they've kind of they've prepped half of it or they have the coolest gear known to man, but they don't know how to use any of it. And they have way too much shit in their pack or whatever. All of those things start to take a. A, a toll, but yeah, you know, the reality is like we we're just talking. If you just don't quit, you at least got a chance. You go home, you're not going to shoot shit on the couch. It just doesn't happen that no, way. No, I mean, you miss every shot you don't take, right? Yeah, you're definitely going to miss so those. Every, <laughs> yeah, every opportunity you don't wait for with an animal is an opportunity you won't get. No, de- you know, definitely. Like, I mean, what last year I had kind of a an initial frustrating spring bear season because I think I put like 18 stocks on bears. And got blown out every time until I got a bear, you know, and I, I know that a lot of people's patience would be tried to the point where they'd say, ah, fuck it. It's not happening this year. Yeah. But it happened because I waited and just kept putting stocks on like the wind's going to shift. It's going to happen. They're animals. It's not a flat range. Yeah. And I mean, that's a hundred percent true. And obviously it's a little different for me with the stick bow now, because there's a lot of days like that where 
you may, or, you know, or you may get sub 40 yards and not get a shot, or you may get and just not get a shot sub 20, or you may miss or whatever. You got to have like the world's shortest term memory to be a traditional archer. You need to forget that what just happened. Um, otherwise, <laughs> otherwise it'll definitely spiral down, downhill. What, sure. what bow are you shooting? Um, so I have, you mean for uh, a recurve? Or no, for, no, my for a compound. compound. Um, right now I have an RX3 that uh, Dad and I put together. Gotcha. Is he getting, do you know if he's getting you set up with one of the NTNs or are you sticking with the Hoyt? Um, I don't know. I assume at some point I'll go that direction, but I haven't poked him and I don't feel like that's my place to. And I don't, you know, it's, the Hoyt shoots great. So no stress either way. Did you, uh, did you shoot with him once? Did you get lessons from him or anything or, or, uh, um, I did. What? Yeah. So, uh, Andy Stumps actually called me out of the blue a few years ago and he's like, Hey man, I know you said you wanted to like learn to bow hunt at some point. Can you make a bear hunt in like a month? Look like, at the numbers. I'm like, all right, well, okay. And he goes, all right. Yeah. You're going to come on a turkey hunt in two weeks. Uh, Dudley's going to have a bow ready and he's going to teach you how to shoot because I'd never touched a, a bow before. And, uh, that's how that happened is I went to Kansas. He taught me how to shoot a bow and then I practiced every single day for a month and then was on a bear hunt. Was archery, as far as that goes, what did, did was it what you thought it was going to be? Was it harder? What, I mean, kind of explain that. Cause you, you've only, you haven't been doing this a long, long time, but you had obviously some crazy ass hand-eye coordination, was it something where you were like, yeah, this is way fucking harder than I thought it was going to be? Or was it fairly smooth transition? I think it was, it was relatively smooth. Um, now, I've been to a lot of pretty good um, shooting a combat pistol and rifle courses while I was in the team. And then I've taught some of those courses now on the back end being out. Um, and I think that that kind of stuff transferred really really quickly into the bow. Like I understood the surprise shot release and I, I understood like, you know, I didn't, I don't even know really what target panic is because I've probably done so much stuff to get around that with the pistol and rifle. Um, so the transition was smooth. Um, but yeah, no, I'm never going to be perfect at archery. Like, and I love it for it. I just hard as shit. Like every day is actually every arrow is a different shot oh crap and then the next one's like all right yeah no i am good at this and then you're just right back to oh crap and it's fantastic that way and you know but the transition wasn't too bad but man was i freaking nervous to not fuck it up on bear hunt how did that uh how'd that go how what was your how far was your shot was it a good shot like all that kind of stuff um so that first bear so i, I did a couple socks that just didn't happen um because I hadn't stocked any animals before. So, uh, you know, I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to do this like I would stock a person or something and just give her a go and think more about the wind. And it worked okay, but, you know, they'll see you or smell you or something. So the one I actually ended up on, um, I shot that bear from 20, 22 yards. And I told myself, like, I'm really not going to take a shot outside of 30, 35 just for the sake of, I had not had enough time on that weapon system to be comfortable doing that to an animal. Um, but that bear was, <laughs> was broadside at 22 yards, and I put it through both lungs and blew the heart up. So it worked great. I was stoked. That uh, uh, was it. How would I put this for people 
listening in and I haven't. So with my with my wife, right, when I first met her, she was basically vegan. Um, and then, and, you know, now she's piling up animals like crazy. And I had tried to explain the adrenaline rush. And I it totally did not do it justice. I fucked it all up. So it was a turkey was her first animal. Was the adrenaline rush there for you at a at a relatively high level, or do you think like your 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 previous obviously job and everything else did that help, or did it still get the typewriter leg and you know million miles an hour and all that? Yeah, you know, so actually, I think with the you know with the previous job and then I mean like one of my big hobbies is I'm a bass jumper too, so I think between the two, my uh, you know my adrenal system's probably just broken, so. Like my heart was getting there before I took the shot. And then right before I drew back, I just pulled a huge breath in and, you know, said, chill out. And everything just came to a stop. Shot the bear, knew it was a good shot. And then I was stoked, but I wasn't like losing it. Um, but I was, I was definitely stoked, like super stoked that that went great. I was excited, not shaky, but I think, you know, 12 years of, base jumping in 10 years or nine years in the SEAL teams kind of broke my brain. I was not a, a, a SEAL or anything like that, but I definitely, just with everything, um, I think the adrenal system breaking, um, there's something to that because, uh, I, I, you know, guys that have been charged over and over by brown bears or grizzlies or guys that, you know, I've been, I really like bungee jumping. I haven't done it in a while. Like I, the heights don't bother me. So, does it help when an animal's front in front of you? It's got to help a little, right? I mean, <laughs> to know. Hurt. Well, no, oh, I mean, yeah. to, to know how to control yourself to a certain degree with that much adrenaline flying through your system. So, I, you know, I'd say, obviously, you have a, um, you know, if you if you were compared to caffeine, you're pumping in 1,200 milligrams of caffeine a day for the last, you know, 15 years of your life. I can see how that would help with uh, controlling your adrenaline. And I, I didn't, I knew you. I, how much are you, so are you doing that with Andy as far as the base jumping stuff? Is that something you guys do together? Yeah. Um, so we have, um, but I've been base jumping, uh, yeah, like about 12 years. So I, I started base jumping before he did. Uh, he's been skydiving a lot longer than I have. Gotcha. Which one's more of an adrenaline rush? I guess they're different. Skydiving, I get kind of wound up because I'm not in control of the airplane and, uh, that kind of freaks me out. But with base jumping, it's a really cool activity because like it's this thing where you get to make the final choice of whether or not you're the one stepping off the cliff, building, bridge, whatever the object is, right? And then you're in charge of the entire process from packing the rig, choosing the equipment to landing that parachute and being safe. And you can make it as dangerous or as close to safety mitigated as possible, which makes it really cool. Like it's so fucking cool. You know, there's nobody there to look at you and be like, you fill out the right paperwork because you know what? There is no damn paperwork. You're on your own. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Is that um does that something you suggest to I mean, I say suggest. How many people are bugging you about getting into base jumping? I can't I can't imagine there's as many people wanting to get into base jumping as let's say archery, but is that something you get uh, <laughs> bugged a lot about? I do. And then um the thing with base jumping is uh it's like the unseen monster is, is the thing that you need to tell people about. Same thing with having been in special operations. Like I have a lot of friends that aren't here anymore because of base jumping and because of being in the field team. You know, so that's the stuff I try and describe to it's usually like 18, 19, 20 year old guys that are asking me these questions. I'm like, hey man, you just, 
like you need to sit down and have a talk with yourself. You know, it's the same thing with hunting. Like I already knew that I was going to be okay with hunting down a living thing, you know, but if somebody never has, you need to happen and have a talk with himself. Like, you know, it's okay, but you need to be all right with the process. And if you think you are, then okay, I'll help you get there. You probably won't be getting that phone call from me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I have no <laughs> ambition. <to> do- <laughs> I yeah. I, I, I mean, all my friends that don't do it, I tell them I won't help them do it. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, not to bounce around too much, you're also into photography. Is that something that you've, um, you know, from the from the beginning, like, is that something you've always been into? Because it sounds like that it, it has been, but kind of give us a rundown on that. Yeah, so um, my mom shot a lot, did a lot of photography growing up, and so did my dad. Um, and so they were always around the house, and then going to an art school, you know, you get your hands on a camera, and then being in the SEAL teams, um, where I went in Hawaii, they specialized in doing some recon stuff. So we always had our hands on big lenses and, you know, Canon Mark III and like all the big cameras, right? So I'd had my hands on them. I'm like, you know, if I can't be drawing and doing that sort of stuff, like I need some sort of creative outlet. And it became that for me. And since then, I've, man, I've had such a fortunate experience. Like the guys I've been able to learn photography from, I could just, I can never repay them back. Like, it's impossible. Um, I've spent a lot of time with Mark Twight, uh, if you know who that is, the climber and trainer here in Salt Lake City. Um, he's an incredible photographer. Um, ben Staley, who's done a lot of work for Nat Geo and Discovery, and just purely by circumstance. And man, photography is just so cool. It's, it's the only way to describe a situation that you're in to somebody without having to use your words, you know? No, no I, I agree. Just obviously I'm a photographer as well. So I always, you know, I've explained it as, as weird as it sounds, you know, you're having the opportunity to stop time and tell that story with that one photo you took of that place, space and time that you were in with one snapshot. So it's your job not to yeah. fuck that up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to get it all in there. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I carry cameras around with me everywhere because just like with anything else, like if you don't have it with you, you're not going to take the picture. Oh, yeah. I, and I we pack them in on backpack hunts, which sucks, but it's the same thing. Some of the, you know, my best memories are from backpack hunting. And, in a, you know, it may not be the best place for me at the time I took the photo. I may be freezing or starving or you, you know, <laughs> ass cheeks burning and, and uh, quads burning from packing something out. But but uh, but again, you know, you're you're stopping time at that specific moment to tell a story. And I, I'm much more into photography than than videography, just me, the way my brain works, yeah. you know. Yeah, now me, me too. And like, I mean, you can ask Cole Kramer, but like uh, so I was helping him guide last year for some mountain goats and Kodiak. And like I was packing a tripod and all sorts of stuff up there. He's like, you do whatever you want, man. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's on you. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's funny. That area is pretty crazy in in that in his neck of the woods too, especially as far as just photo worthy. It's pretty wild. Oh yeah, it's oh my god, that place is gorgeous. I'll be back this year to help him guys for uh, goats and brown bears in the uh, in the fall. Yeah, I don't I don't know Cole really well. We give each other crap occasionally on online, you know. And obviously, I've met him several times and talked a bit or whatever. But he uh he's a good dude and he's got a good operation. They get on big animals and and uh. Yeah. It, the thing that's cool about Cole is he's um uh 
what's the word? He seems to have a pretty high buffer for, for BS in the sense of he can deal, it seems like, with just about anything and stay remotely calm. <laughs> and happy. You know, he's just got like a chipper personality, too, like, which is, I don't know how you couldn't if that was all you did, this guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and he's got a good thing going as far as, as that goes, too. I was going to book a, a brown bear hunt with him, but with the COVID thing and everything else, it's just been kind of a nightmare as far as that goes. So it's probably good that I didn't dive into that rabbit hole or I'd have to go up there and be on quarantine for two weeks before I got to go hunting. No shit. What cameras are you, what cameras are you using right now? So right now I'm shooting with all Fuji stuff, um, which I like. I, I transitioned from Sony. It's just there's, the menus are too big and they just were a little bit too complicated for where I was taking them. Like I, every winter I go up and I mush dogs with my friend, um, who is a dog musher and racer in Fairbanks. And I just couldn't have the bigger, heavier, more complicated cameras with me. So I, I switched to Fuji. I'd heard that some guys that do some like Nat Geo stuff use them, um, because they're double sealed and they do really well with cold temperatures and hot temperatures. And, and they've treated me well. You know, I, I like the system. Um, it is a crop sensor, but for what I take pictures of and how I take pictures, totally fine. Gotcha. I think Stephen Drake was using Fuji for a while. He still may be. I'm not a hundred percent, you know, sure. I just for, I'm not up. I don't converse with everybody as much. Obviously everybody's got a crazy, you know, life or whatever. But when you, when you talk about like with the, the crop sensor for people listening in, when you, when you have a sensor and let's say it's, a one inch sensor, a crop sensor means it's it's taken down to a quarter of the size or I think I'm explaining that correctly of your of your one inch sensor. So the the negative side is it lets less light and the positive size is its side is it's a lot smaller and a lot lighter weight and you still get great photos with it. Oh yeah. I mean at this point like that Fuji that I'm shooting shoots like twenty six point something megapixels on a crop sensor. Like that's bro, that's more than you need. Like are you shooting for billboards, because if you are, you're not going to be taking the camera where I'm taking this camera. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, I've I've uh, explained to a few people because I have um one of the cameras I have is a Sony A7R. Is it a oh, yeah. four now? Maybe. Um, I guess I is what. One of the twos. Well, and and uh, guys will ask me, should I get it? And I'm like, look, if you shoot in raw, that's cranking 50, 60 megabyte photos out. Like, what are you, yeah. are you posting on Instagram? Like, you know, like, what are you doing? Cause it's your phone. yeah, I was like, it's got a lot of, um, it's got a lot of juice behind it. And even in JPEG, it's like, you know, high 20, 30 megabyte photos. And what that, you know, it sucks up SD cards, not that big of a deal. There's are little, but, uh, hard drives obviously. And then, you know, depending upon your, your, your internet speed, which is a problem for me where I'm at now, you try to, you know, drop a 38 megabyte photo into dropbox in my case if i do 50 it's like 12 hours um oh yeah i've seen it oh it's 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 crazy so it's it really depends with talk about photography the the biggest thing i try to explain to people is the simple fact of if you don't have the eye for photography as far as composition and just catching unique shots you know you're really out there just you know it's kind of like hunting and not ever shooting anything. You're just walking around with a weapon. You're just really taking pictures. You're not, like you said earlier, we talked about capturing the moment where learning how to operate the camera you have and then getting an eye for it is far more important than the the, the, the tool. Um, I, I think anyway, you know, that the tool will come. You can purchase those later on as you get more financially stable. But, 
you know, I know a lot of people that they call me and they're like, hey, um, what's F-stop mean? And I'm like, did you read the manual, right? Did you Google anything? Like, if you're asking me that, like, you've got problems because all of that stuff <laughs> is readily, like, you can't really learn to shoot a bow very well without coaching. I think you can learn yeah. quite a bit with photography just off YouTube. I did. I mean, I learned it from <laughs> Totally agree. Like you can probably learn how to use the camera all the way. I mean, frankly, you could probably become an exceptionally good photographer just with some patience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Patience and hard work. And I think that those two yeah. things are two things that most people don't do or have. <laughs> <laughs> There's no shortcut. Come on, man. Well, I, people ask me and I had one guy give me some pointers. Uh, his name's, uh, Tiber Nemeth, and he's a professional photographer. I was on a photo shoot where I was one of the stool pigeons walking in circles with shit in my hand. He's taking photos of us, and I really got out of that part of it to hang out with him and learn for a day and got me just enough to where I had, like, just enough to be dangerous, but I knew what to Google then, meaning I knew, like, yeah. he started talking about images being softer and composition and, you know, you know leading mm -hmm. lines, and I'm like, okay. I'll just Google the shit out of it. And that's what I did. I, <laughs> I just started learning and taking photos and reading the manual. And, you know, when I wanted to do night shots, I would go out late at night on, on you know, where the moon wasn't an issue as, as far as illumination goes. But anyway, all of that you can learn. It's just a matter of hard work. You know, I agree. And, I mean, even with the, like, the Sigma, right? Like, I, I mean, I remember asking you, and then I... I bought Tom Clum's online course, right? And I just went through that a couple times. And coming from shooting a compound, I was like, okay, I, th I think I can at least get to a rudimentary level of not fucking this up. What, uh, what would, like, if you were going to give advice for photography, what would you give to a newcomer? I would say um, go to a photography store. Um, I like people going to local shops, right? So if you don't have one, then that's, that's fine. Just find a place that has some cameras that you can ask for figure out a price point and then whatever that price point that you're comfortable with, go touch those cameras, handle them, see how they shoot. And then don't worry about the name. And from there, take that camera and always carry it with you. The best camera is the one that's on you. The camera you're going to use is the one that's on you. So just use it all the time. Take pictures of things you like taking pictures of. You know, if you like flowers, take pictures of flowers. If you like cars, do cars, like whatever. If it's people, do people. And then once you're at a, like a good learning point with, all right, I've taken a bunch of images. Get a book or two, right? And there are a lot. One of them's called uh, The Photographer's Eye. I can't remember the author. It's a good one to go through. It'll teach you a lot of the technical pieces of what's going on. Read through it and then continue taking pictures. Like more reps with the camera is the best way to get better. Uh, yeah, I would agree. And I'm... I'm guilty of what you were saying. I, um, I, you know, I have my camera on me almost all the time. And it seems like some of the greatest photos I would have had are the days I don't bring it. And yeah, I, yeah I, the other day I live up in the mountains, I'm driving by, there's this huge Valley. The sun is on this horse's back. That's about 200 yards out, uh, you know, from me mountain range and the clouds. And I'm like, motherfucker. my wife's like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, by the time I go back and get the camera, it's going to be too late. The sun's not going to be right. And she's just yep. looking and it's pretty. And I'm like, it would take me a hundred days for that horse to stand in the same spot for the sun to hit it the same way and bounce off its back and glow like it is with the clouds. And I'm like, I, I just, I fucked up and I'm, I'm hard on myself about that because it just, 
people understand it's not that could be you know you go on a photo shoot and you snap 2500 photos in a day there's probably going to be 10 of those that are just epic that are that oh, yeah. are the one well i fucked up that day where i would have had one photo to take that would have i probably would have taken you know 50 <laughs> shots of it and i tell i'm like look you, you cannot take awesome photos with it in your pack now i have to have it in my pack sometimes when i'm hiking in but again I at least have it within a foot of me where I can pop my pack off. Yeah. And then again, read the fucking manual, right? Like it's not that on difficult everything. to figure out. Yeah. On everything. It's not that difficult to figure out how to adjust the camera and the settings. And like you talked about with Sony's, I have my, on my function setting, I've got it set up so I don't have to dive in the menu. Cause the menu is like balls deep crazy. And it's so, big. yeah, it now, I will say that my function setting, I've got that set up for all my primaries where I can get pretty much anything done I need to off a of function. But if I have to get off of the function setting and go into the deep menu settings, there's a lot of clicking because uh, it's not like I remember the whole thing. Like I'm reading through, click over, nah, 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 nope, not there. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, shit. Yep. But, and I, so I totally understand guys that will use something like a Fuji because that is a way simpler system. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're set up like an old analog camera. Like I can do all my ISO, my shutter speed, my everything, you know, the F stopper on the lenses. Like I can do it all without touching anything except white balance. Let's talk about that for a, a minute as far as ph photography, as far as the different settings go. So kind of, if you were going to, obviously this is hard for it's not the easiest thing to explain, but blueprint it. If you're setting up or looking at a potential photo to take, what are some of the primary things that you're looking at that could ruin the photo, that could make the photo, and then how you would adjust your camera around that? So as an example, let's just say it's cloudy, which is the happiest day for me when I was a photographer because it makes me look way better than I am because I don't have harsh lighting. Um, but Everything's not blown out. Yeah, exactly. But a cloudy day and you're trying to get um, a fish trying to rise out of the water after your buddies fly, as an example. What are the certain things you're going to be looking at to take that photo? Cool. So, like, in that scenario, I'd be doing, like, what what's the subject I want? Like, do I want to take a picture of the fish or the guy, right? And now for me, I, I'll even take test shots of stuff, just, like, snap and look and snap and look. Like, oh, you know, does it look better with him more? in focus or where the fish I think is going to be in focus, you know, and, and then I'll, I'll move around. Like, is it better behind him or maybe in front of him and see what composition I like? Like I, I like putting up the composition first um, and seeing like where the shadows or where the light is hitting and what looks best to me. And then from there I do either really far away shots where, you know, like if, if you're out in nature, it's really cool to, Show how big everything is, how small we are. So I like doing that, and I also like getting hyper tight. You know, so like maybe the camera right up on top of the water with the fish coming right out. And if that's the case, and I'm just focused on the fish and, and that, then I'm gonna I'm gonna want to have like a, a stop down, like the f stops real low, a high shutter speed, or maybe slow. Maybe I want the fish, maybe some of the water a little blurry. But if that doesn't come out, then you're kind of screwed, and the fish looks like crap. So you're probably gonna have a higher shutter speed and uh, check your white balance ahead of time. And then I'll stop it way down to have that fish like in, in close focus and like blow everything else out. So like, that's what I would do. And, I'd and, be all over the place. And, well, and that's one thing like for, for me, I'll take 40 different angles and, and, and everything else. But 
the way I try to explain it to get people is first walk in a circle and figure out the composure of that specific photo you want or your primary. Once you figured out that primary, um, the composition of the photo, figure out what issues you you may or may not have, meaning you t- like lighting. Okay, how, how fast are you going to be able to get your shutter speed if you want the fish coming out of the water or you want to stop water droplets? If you're going to have to do yeah. that, okay, then how high is your ISO going to be? Is that going to ruin the photo if you bump your ISO to you know, high, you know, those are all the things I'm picking my battles one by one to see if I can pull that specific photo off. And once I figure that out in good lighting situations, at that point, the sky's the limit. I'm going to be kneeling down and coming back up and fucked up angles. And I'm going to have a one four where just the fish is, you know, in focus. And then I may, you know, get behind the, you know, try to get the, the, you know, like the fly line spooling out well, and another, you know, another time you might have the where you want the the water to be, you might have to fake the fisherman if this makes any sense. Where you've got, uh, you know, your shutter open for a while, so the water is kind of creamy, but then you're going to have to have the fisherman at least fake it to where it looks like he's fishing to get those type of shots. But all of this yep. that 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 we're talking about is in the manual. The rest of it is just learning <laughs> composition. <laughs> Yeah, and, and taking pictures how you want to take pictures. Like, don't try and copy somebody else. Just take your pictures. Yeah, yeah, 100% on that. Um, and if you do copy someone, copy them just enough to learn and then write your own book after that. Meaning right. it, walking around behind a guy taking the same angle he is doesn't get you a lot because you're not getting the eye for the shot. You're really just copying his eye and hoping it turns out well. And Frank's really good at it. We'll be in a scenario where... He's just looking at shit different than me. And we have the same stuff in front of us, but he may have something in focus. I have out of focus. I may have a 35 and he's, you know, or let's say I have a 50 or a 55 and he's got a, an 18. There's a lot to photography. I get, ex- if I had to stop hunting tomorrow and just take photos, I'd be sad, but I wouldn't be that sad. I really like photography because there's just so much you can do with it. Yeah. You know, and, and just like archery, like you're never going to get perfect at it. There's always more to learn and you know, you're only as good as your last shot anyhow. Yeah. That's a good way to, to, to put it. How, um, as far as like, uh, like you talked about the books and things like that, there's a couple books I bought and then I, I get on, on YouTube and there's, there's different YouTube channels that cover a lot of different things. And then YouTube is another, um, thing where you can get guys adventures of whether they're backpacking into, uh, the Cascades or Colorado and they talk about different things on the way and certain lighting situations, you're not copying them. You're just learning how they do it. And then you can twist and turn it however you, you know, want to. Like I like a softer look. So I shoot on Shady House for my white balance a lot, which you probably notice in some of my photos and a little bit darker look where that's just what I like. So that's what I, that's what I do. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I'm like, I see, I like shooting black and white. So I end up with a lot of black and white imagery um and it helped it actually that actually helps me with composition too so like if your camera has a setting to just have black and white but you're still shooting raw or full color on the image do it because sometimes that that helps see where contrast is where the shadows are where the light is you know i I like doing that and that's something that some people don't 
try and maybe it'll work for them. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, good point or a good idea. Man, before we jump on to something else or jump off this thing, anything in, anything else in photography that you want to bring up to people that, that are kind of learning or wanting to get into it? Um, just, man, take a lot of pictures. Don't delete stuff until you're home and you reveal it. Just take a lot of pictures because, I mean, you know, what was the old school, like, <laughs> the old, uh, the old school rule, like they'd hand you one of those 35 mil cameras and be like, all right, well, here's a hundred rolls, go take them. You used to have to take a lot of frames. And with digital photography, you know, we have the advantage of taking a lot of frames and not having to worry about taking all those images and processing them. You, know, you just, just go through them. You don't have to make them look perfect. Just do it. Get the reps in. It's like anything else. You're not going to get good at it without trying to do it. Yeah, I would say uh, night photography, that is no truer words again have been spoken because it's going to take a long time uh, in a lot of photos to just learn low light yep. photography. Um, oh yeah. You know how high your ISO can be the, I mean, even also the moon phase, like the, the moon can make some of the greatest shots, but it can fuck up a night shoot quick. Like you, you can't get the star, like the, the star clusters as well when you've got that illumination. But if you're trying to get like a kick ass, uh, shot of your camp you want that illumination there's a lot more you can do with things and again reading the manual and taking lots of photos is definitely the key to victory um and don't be afraid to try new things either i, I would say that's uh, something that people don't want to do yeah why would i want to be bad at something yeah you know it's just it is you, you're probably gonna suck for a while but you're you're only gonna suck for as long as you want to you know it's all it's all in your your hands when as far as that goes um we we are actually hitting pretty close to an hour here, man. Is there anything else you want to cover? We kind of went across the board and four points of the compass on this thing. But. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. I'm kind of all over the place all the time. Um, I mean, I can say I am glad that uh, I've asked you a couple questions about, you know, shooting this big boat because I'm enjoying it. And uh, I plan on doing a Montana elk hunt with a friend of mine uh, up, I think, near the Bob Marshall type area this season. So just been dialing it in at, 20 and that's about where i'm gonna stick like if it happens it happens if it doesn't it doesn't but you know just want to say thanks for putting the information out there that you us because it's been an interesting learning curve for me oh yeah no no problem man where where can uh people find your your work uh as far as your social media page and stuff like that yes yeah, so um my instagram page is trevor.t.thompson that's it there you go well, I appreciate you uh, hopping on the podcast, and yeah, we'll have to at some point in time go on a hunt or fling some arrows together or or something. I um, I'm not much of a social person, so I skip out on a lot of the different uh, events. But uh, I'm try to start going to those a little bit more. Ah, just make your way out to Salt Lake, or I'll get out to Colorado. Yeah, I'm actually flying to. So I got to give some classes to the Black Ovis guys on adjusting backpacks, and then um. My, my business partners from Salt Lake as well. So I, I actually will be out there in the next month. I'll let you know when I'm heading that way. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know and link up and sling arrows. Cool. Sounds good, man. I appreciate you coming on and uh, appreciate your service and everything else. So I will talk to you soon enough. You too, Aaron. Uh, thanks for having me on. Have a great day. Yep, you too. Take it easy.